Hello, hello, and welcome to this episode of the Reset Podcast. I am your host, Laura Yo, and this is part of my 29 Days of Magic series, where I interview an awesome Black woman every single day for the entire month of February. And today, I am so glad to have Cherise Bates, who is the SPP of Client Strategy at Pet Promotions. She has an awesome story, and I can't wait for you all to hear all that. So hi, Cherise. How are you? I'm good. Thanks, Laura, for having me. Of course. I'm so glad to have you on. So first question, always great. The answer is always amazing. I'm sure yours will be not different. So Cerise, what was your first job? Oh, boy, my first job. Well, let me first start by saying, um, Laura, I come from a big family. And so I learned (laughs) very early on um, the importance of being fiscally responsible. And my siblings (laughs) and I got jobs. you know, as soon as we were able to get working paper. So I had a couple of jobs when I was in high school. And I I think the first one was actually um, like an internship where I probably didn't even get paid that much. I was part of this group um, in high school uh, that was all around, you know, getting um, students of color introduced to careers in like science and technology. So kind of like a STEM program. And um, they were able to get me an internship at the local hospital um, where I worked in the medical records department. So, you know, with the folks that basically did the met the coding of, you know, patient medical charts and work with like insurance claims and all of that good stuff. So, it, you know, ironically enough, it ended up being more of like an office or administrative position, not necessarily like the most technical or science related job there in the hospital, but still, you know, got me exposed And then I think the actual first paid job that I had, though, probably like a lot of people, was in retail. So I definitely remember working a couple years uh, while I was in high school at, actually, it's a a chain that I don't even think exists anymore called Caldors. It was like a a chain. Do you remember Caldors? Yeah, Yeah, it was like a chain in the Northeast or like, I, I think like big box kind of format before Target or Walmart. Early days before Target or Walmart, yeah. Exactly, exactly. And that, exactly, exactly. So it was at Caldors. I think I probably started as like a cashier, but I ended up having a couple different positions there. I think I worked as like a fitting room attendant, probably towards the end of my high school, you know, my senior year in high school. I think I was actually like their switchboard operator. So I would like, you know, take calls. I was like, would do the paging and the announcements for when the store was going to close and and all that good stuff. So, (laughs) so it was an interesting job, but yeah, so retail and I would continue working in retail just to, you know, kind of help pay my way through college. I worked at the Gap and, you know, Macy. So yeah, long history of working in in retail when I was younger. So I think we all have our delightful retail stories because they all end up being like, this is what I learned. I want to do ever do this again. Or I've learned a lot from this and I'll take that lesson with me. I think, you know, it's um, definitely a tough retail, but I actually think it's a great experience, um, you know, working in retail as a first job, just dealing with, you know, all that can happen, right? When you're right in the line of fire with the customer. So um, I definitely learned a lot from it, but yeah, glad glad those days are... (laughs) behind you yes Uh, yes. all right so we've done retail but now we have this amazing career so how did we go from you know telling people the store will be closing in five minutes to being (laughs) svp over at pep what was that journey like 
Oh, wow. So, yeah, I think for me, um, when I was in college, I had the great fortune of being in an organization called Inroads, um, which is still around today. And Inroads is all about, you know, introducing students of color, basically get getting them opportunities to explore careers in business. You know, as I was mentioning, actually, earlier with one of my first jobs sort of introduced me to like working in that office administrative environment. So I, that kind of piqued my interest, I think early on of working in like a corporate setting. And so I found out about in college inroads and applied and was accepted. And so I actually was able to intern the summers between my four years of undergrad at Kraft Foods through this inroads program. And the wonderful thing about that is that I ended up after graduating from from college with with an offer. And so, you know, I started um, at Kraft Foods as a promotion coordinator. So in like a marketing type role there. And really, you know, the journey started there, you know, worked for many years in my career and then moved into various marketing, shopper marketing, integrated roles, primarily in um, CPG, food and beverage. So many years, like I said, at Kraft Heinz, also worked at Dannon and PepsiCo. And most recently, before joining PEP, I worked on the pharma side of kind of corporate marketing, working on brands for Bayer in their consumer health division. So, you know, I've, you know, just loved um, all things around branding and being able to market products to consumers and do things that are really going to just delight and surprise the consumer and, and create that brand affinity and engagement and getting the opportunity to really do that at many different, you know, companies throughout my career has been amazing. And then, you know, most recently, obviously, I joined PEP as uh, head of client strategy. And this is actually my first client side role. So it's just, it's been a really interesting journey. And although I I didn't expect, I think, um, early in my career to end up on this side, it's it's actually been amazing, right? So because I've got like, that firsthand experience of being on the client side, right? Like what their challenges are, the pain points that they have, really understanding how the brand marketing works from the client side. And so being able to like have those valuable insights and experiences and come at it from the other side, right? We're really trying to partner and build those, you know, trusting relationships with clients. It's, it's just been invaluable. And so it's been an amazing journey for me in that regard. And like I said, just unexpected kind of twist um, here, but like it, it has worked out um, really, really well. Awesome. Well, you know, best laid plans never, never actually mm-hmm. go before. Uh, and it's always a surprise and delight where you where you end up and you realize that you have these amazing strengths that you can just knock it out of the park anywhere you go. And and so for you, like obviously you are on the brand side, now you're on the agency side. Talk to me, talk about a challenge where you're like, there's no way I'm gonna get through it, and then you did. Oh boy. <laughs> um, I could, you know, tell you some things this week. I think you know, the one thing I feel like that has been sort of consistent throughout my career and working in marketing, and I think a lot, spending a lot of time in promotional marketing as well, is, you know, you kind of alluded to it. It's like you can have the best laid plans, but like plan doesn't always progress the way you thought it was. And so I think there are a lot of times where you have sort of a a plan in place and things go awry, right? Something may not go according to schedule or there's a curveball or you need to pivot, right, based on what the the latest business situation is. 
And so it is spending a lot of time sort of working through those, right? Having to work fast and furiously to figure out like what, you know, the backup plan is and put that into place quickly. And there are some times where you're you're not sure, right? Are you going to meet a deadline or are you going to miss a window of opportunity? And, you know, I think for me, that's sort of sometimes when the magic kicks in, having a team, right, that is very highly skilled and experts in being able to sort of pivot when needed and um, just persevering, right? Having that constant communication, obviously with the client, whatever stakeholders and Somehow we figure out a way, right, to to get through. I just, I, I feel like that's a lot of times the, the tempo of the business. You have to be able to change, like change is constant, pivot and figure out a way to sort of persevere. Yeah, a lot of times you, you feel, you may feel like you don't see that light at the end of the tunnel, but surprisingly, you know, I feel like I have like a super resourceful and expert team that we often figure out a way <laughs> to get through it, so we just have to find our way through. It's never yeah. easy. And you always say, how in the world? <laughs> <laughs> but then you do. And, you know, I think that's the thing. It's like, I, I think that's the fun thing about doing this series, especially, is that Black women, we have our, we have a spidey sense about how to solve a lot of these problems, sometimes faster and more efficient than most. And I think that, you know, that is one of our, you know, superpowers, but not superpowers that we're able mm-hmm. to just like, we'll figure it out. Yeah. That's literally, I feel like there's some days that's my mantra and you're right. There is something um, so resourceful about us, like whatever challenge or th- curveball is thrown at us, like we just persevere the tenacity, right. And, and do it with grace too. But like, I, I think you're right. We find a way. You always have to. You just like, you know, mm-hmm. we will find a way somehow, <laughs> some way. <laughs> but like for you, Sherry, so like, you know, looking back on all the really awesome stuff that you've done, what would you tell your 18-year-old self? That's a great question. I think, yeah, I I think looking back, one of the things I would tell my 18-year-old self probably would be just around having more confidence, right? Like leaning into my strengths and the superpowers, as you were saying sooner, right? I think, especially earlier in my career, having a mentality of just, you know, sort of keep my head down, do the work, the work will sort of speak for itself, maybe not being the first one to speak up in a room or kind of having that story in my head of like, I don't know if this is a good idea. Am I going to share it? Or I don't want to, you know, maybe give my opinion here because I don't want it to be perceived the wrong way. And I, I would just say like, be confident, like don't don't be afraid, right? To be seen, be heard, to take up space, right? To say all the things that really just show your your expertise, you know, the value, right, that you bring to whatever situation or marketing campaign or idea, like just have that confidence to to share that. And a lot of times, you know, the 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 work or the outcome is better because I, I I shared. So I would just tell my my younger self to, to do that earlier and more often. Yeah, it really is important. I think sometimes folks seem to forget that like, no one's going to know how amazing you are unless you tell them. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, it's, it's kind of the tree falls in the woods metaphor where I kind of have to know that you do this stuff. I, and I need to know that you have an opinion that you, that you have a different perspective you know, when I, I think about this a lot when I was younger me, that people who knew me when I was in college versus people who know me now are like, you are not the same person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. 
Yeah, because like that was a kid who didn't know how to speak up for themselves. I oftentimes wonder, like, what would I be like now if I had, if I was this version of me now at 18? Actually, mm-hmm. kind of scary. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, being honest, <laughs> I, I, I would never shut up. I, now at least sometimes shut up. Sometimes. Keyword. But for you, what is the one thing that you wish more folks knew about the work that you have to do on a daily basis? Um. I would say, especially now, like one of the things that sort of has been newer or different for me, uh, like in, in my current role right now, moving over from more client side marketing, there's so much, right? Like being on this side of the business that you're constantly just having to to juggle or factor in, right? First and foremost, you know, it's like, are you delivering on what you need to deliver for the clients, you know, thinking about their business objectives, understanding their brands, like totally, you know, immersing yourself so that you can be that that trusted advisor to them. But then it's also obviously balancing it with our internal stakeholder, right? And like all the things that we need to do for VML and PEP and and our internal teams and employees. And, you know, I, I think it's for me, it's been more about balancing it all and then finding the the intersection, I guess, of those things as well too, right? Where they can complement or sort of inform or influence the other. But I think that's been something I think people do, you know, are aware if you've come up on this side. But I think for me in particular, you know, it's something that I just, you know, that's been a, a piece that's been very eye, like eye-opening for me that balancing those things. And so, yeah, it's, sometimes very challenging, but it's also very rewarding, right? When you're able to be able to master and balance both of those sort of dichotomies of of the work that I do. So I love that. Because you know, folks don't realize how unusual your well uh, on a day-to-day basis, the about the thousand and one decisions that you have to make. Mm-hmm. And then the you know, 10,001 decisions that are underneath that to get yeah. you to the 1,001 decisions. And you're like, oh, could you all just pay attention smooth, tiny little bit? I think that's really, that's really great advice for folks to understand the world that you have to live in on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. So obviously you're busy. You guys do a million and one different things. So what does Sharice do for Sharice? What's your self-care? Oh boy. So there are a lot of things that I enjoy to do that sort of bring me to like a happy place. I feel like when I'm just having one of those really just mean and stressful days, sometimes it's just like I'm I'm a big bubble bath person, right? Like I just need to relax and be by myself, right? Like that's my jam. But I also feel like just nature, right? Being outside, getting fresh air, going for a walk, hearing the breeze, you know, through the trees and the birds and having the sun on my face like that can relax me and just do a lot for my soul. But I feel like probably the most important thing that sort of fills my cup and gives me self-care, it's actually my family. You know, as I had mentioned earlier, I come from a big family. So just family is at the heart of everything that I do, right? But I also just think my immediate family, my husband, I have two boys, 12 and 14 year old boys, and they fill my cup. I just spending time with them, whether it's like, you know, me and my husband cheering them on at their their games or just talking to them about, you know, what they're learning at school. It's just something that just 
gives me energy and it inspires me, right? Like it's sort of my motivation. And it's also just something about like kids, right? Their honesty, they just can bring you down to a level real quick with their honesty (laughs) and the way that they're, (laughs) they just like tell you like it is too. And I just like, I learned so much from them, just seeing them, them grow. So I feel like, again, self-care is like the stuff that fills you up. And for me, like it just, it starts with my family. So that's awesome. Also, mm-hmm. you must be wildly outnumbering your house with that many uh, in your house. Yeah. Girl, well, then there's that. Yes. The laundry alone. <laughs> Jesus. I am. So, yes, spending time with my family, then I include my girlfriends in, as part of my family, right? <laughs> like, I definitely need my girl time. So, that's important as well. But, yeah, it's family is like all my loved ones. But there is something to just like I said, my boys are just like, all could be wrong and uh, spending time with them, it just puts it right back in perspective, so. I love that. Also, mm-hmm. I can't I can't imagine the amount of like uniforms and stuff you've got to coordinate <laughs> to get people out the house on time because men are never on time for anything. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. It, it, I have two it's... older brothers and like, I remember the foolishness my mother had to deal with with them. I'm like, oh. Yes, it's, so, it can be fun in our household for sure. <laughs> you're like to be a fly on the wall. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> um, but it, it does teach you patience. Mm-hmm, uh, for sure. Uh, you're so wonderful. Okay, last question for you. Make mm-hmm. it really easy. Do you have a give and or ask of the audience? Ooh, I think, you know what, like keeping it in the theme or spirit of Black History Month, right? And I also just think, you know, I'm I'm always saying this actually to my my sons too, is like just the importance of reading. And I, I feel like when you think about everything that's that's going on right now, um, whether it's, you know, just here at home in our country with book bans, that sort of political, you know, climate, not to mention, you know, what's going on around the world, all the war and conflict. And I feel like it's very easy to sort of get lost in our own bubble, whether it's social media or the quick soundbite of whatever new show that we are watching, right, for the day. I just book bands, like all the things. And I just feel like reading is so important and just understanding our history, right, getting sort of maybe an unadulterated perspective on like different topics. And so I think, again, especially during Black History Month, it's just such a great time to to go and read, right? Pick up a book, you know, about someone that you didn't maybe n- know in history or just a topic uh, where you want to learn. So that would be my ask. I just think it, it's very timely since it is Black History Month, but just also so that you can just have your own opinions, right, on things, informed opinions on things. I think it's just so important. Oh, my God, yes. (laughs) For the love of God. Please, people, can you read? (laughs) Just read. I I really need people to read. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I sometimes look on the internet and I'm like, y'all have never picked up a damn book in your life, have you? Or you suddenly discovered something that like, you know, I read something about saying that Gen Z was a Columbus generation because they feel like they've discovered stuff that's been around forever Mm -hmm. and always. Like, oh, I had no idea who Tracy Chapman was. Like, that's you a problem. Exactly. We knew. (laughs) We all had that cassette tape when we were little. (laughs) So, um, So I think that it is a brilliant, brilliant suggestion and a, a wonderful way to end the podcast. Tracy, you have been so delightful. I'm so glad we finally got to have you on the show. 
Yes, thank you again for having me. It's been wonderful, Laura. Awesome. You are such a delight. We'll put notes in the show notes for folks to connect with you. And, you know, you're just, like I said, I adore you. I think you're absolutely wonderful and brilliant. And uh, thank you so much for being part of 29 Days of Magic. Thank you. Awesome. And that is our show.